and pro... This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Satan hates marriage. He hates marriages, and he hates your marriage. And the reason he hates marriage and your marriage is because God loves marriage and your marriage and ordained it to give glory to his name and to demonstrate the... uh, matter of his kingdom and his church here on this planet until he returns again. So Satan hates Christian marriages especially because for believers, it's dramatizing the marriage, is dramatizing Christ and the church powerfully displaying the gospel in their marriage. At least that's the idea. That's what the Apostle Paul told us. To counter Satan's attack, we have to understand God's design for marriage. And Satan's strategy is against it, and how to stand firm in our marriage. Most marriage books, unfortunately, seem to, well, they just don't seem to consider the concept of spiritual warfare. They're focused on mechanical things that you can just do and not do and things like that. So the focus in marriage books is on fulfilling one partner's needs in marriage, improving our communication skills, or resolving marital conflict. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but that's not the full story. So from reading any of those kinds of books, you would never know that spiritual warfare is a vital issue in marriage and the family. Yet, in fact, spiritual warfare is an all-encompassing reality. And so what is going to follow here today in our conversation with our longtime friend and guest, Gary Thomas, is helping Christians fight for their marriages. Now, here's the problem. You remember Hurricane Ian. You remember the devastation that it brought. Here's the analogy maybe a metaphor, whatever term you want to use. Marriages are hit by hurricanes, not just physical hurricanes, but in a metaphorical way, hurricanes of life, the very kinds of things that seem to attack and render the continuation of those marriages almost impossible. Have you run across a hurricane in your life, in your marriage? Well, there's likely a marital hurricane ahead. So the question is, will you survive the test? Will you survive the test? So to help us answer that question and lay the foundation to board up our marriages so that we will be ready to sustain the test, Gary Thomas joining us with his brand new book, Making Your Marriage a Fortress. Gary, it's good to have you back on the program, my friend. Good to be back on with you, Chuck. Thank you. Well, these are troubled times. It's not just trouble because of electioneering. It's not just uh, troubling because of the economics of the time, inflation, uh, attacks on Ukraine or on on Russia or Iran, all of these kinds of things that are before us, even the New World Order and all of that spirit. There is something that impacts us directly and it's like a it comes in like a hurricane force against us in our marriages, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I when we first moved to Texas twelve years ago, 
we had all the warnings about hurricanes. Every August, September, they'd start putting it over the freeways, be prepared. And the first couple years, we were concerned, and we would get our bottle ready and our food. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it didn't happen. And then it didn't happen the next year or after five years. So when Hurricane Harvey hit in 2017, we were caught blindsided. I had nothing really to prepare for. And for me, it was a metaphor. Just because the storm hasn't hit recently, Mm -hmm. it's around the corner. If you live in the Gulf area of Texas, eventually you're going to get hit by a storm. And if you're married in a fallen world as a believer with an opponent like Satan, your hurricane is coming. So are you suggesting that the reason you just left Texas after all those years and went to Colorado is just to escape hurricanes? No. <laughs> Look, we, we loved our time in Texas. We love the people of Texas. I love what Texas stands for mm-hmm. uh, in so many ways. But there was a young pastor I knew very well, became senior pastor of a church in Colorado, and, and really wanted me to come alongside as a teaching pastor and work with the staff. And I, I just felt called at this age in my life um, that this is something I could do to support younger leaders. Well, and, I, uh, I heard from your wife, I heard from your wife, Gary, that uh, what you really wanted to do is climb all those 40-some, 14,000-foot uh, <laughs> peaks there and set that as your uh, your bucket list for the rest of your life. You know, there's there's a guy in our church that is doing that, but my wife is terrified of heights. So there might be ten that she could do, but a lot of them, um, yeah, it would it would be difficult. <laughs> like I say, we love looking at them. It is so beautiful. Yeah, up there. those Rockies there are absolutely gorgeous. <clears throat> well, I did some climbing in my day years back, and uh, would certainly love to be able to do it. But one hip replacement uh, probably set me yeah. aside for a while. But you know what? It hasn't set our marriage aside, and uh, we have after being married now for 56 and a half years my wife and i have faced many different kinds of hurricane or shall we say uh, tropical storms uh, that have hit uh, us hit our marriage hit us uh, in our relationships our circumstances and so on and uh, yet we're we're persevering our marriage is a stronger stronger than ever and we're rejoicing in what God has done in and through us over these many years. So surviving a hurricane uh, is not just a, a problem for the present, but it gives you a memory that you can look back to. Look, I've been able to survive one, two, three, four tropical storms and hurricanes. God must be with me. Yeah, that's so powerful. Well, I, you know, I went to these couples. None of them anticipated the storm. One, a strong athlete, weightlifter who could bench press 400 pounds, diagnosed with MS just three years into his marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, Another couple, financially, the 2008 housing market in Southern California just about wiped them out. They spent a decade trying to climb back out, and then COVID just about buried them. Uh, One couple had difficulty conceiving, had a great son, and he died just before his 20th birthday. So it wasn't just the death of their son. It was the death of their only child. And and, and these are hurricanes that, that they didn't see coming, they couldn't prepare for. But what you hinted at, I found, is true with every one of them. They found that God is capable. God is a refuge. There are so many psalms that talk about God as a strong tower and God as a fortress. 
And they found by leaning into their faith, even though they hated the situation, and they wished that God would have either prevented it or lifted it, but in every case, they came out closer to each other and closer to God. Now, there were there were difficult times. <laughs> the yep. water was climbing up their walls, but as they look back now, it's just amazing how real our faith is, how powerful our God is to help us and save, and that's where they found their refuge. Well, not only that, but uh, even secular stats tell us that uh, those who are struggling in their marriage and tempted to divorce, if they'll just hang in there for another five years, the majority of people find that not only have they recovered and made it through the storm, but their marriages are better than ever. So we're going to encourage you, friends. We're going to fight fear with faith here today, uh, making your marriage a fortress, strengthening your marriage to withstand life's storms. Hang in there with us. We'll be right back with you and Gary Thomas in a moment. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. We know, we know that marriage and the family are the fundamental baby, uh, building blocks of our society. Without those, we cannot endure. And that's why Satan makes it a particular point to attack marriage and has been doing that uh, with great vigor ever since uh, the early 1960s. And it's increasing. That, that threat is increasing. But marriage unites parents with kids that they might have. It provides a solid foundation for the stable development of the next generation. It's God's view. It's his viewpoint. It's his plan. It's his purpose uh, to demonstrate his work on the earth to display his kingdom for his church until Jesus comes. But as you know, we're witnessing the very sad state of affairs in nations all around the world. It's an all-out war that's being waged against marriage and against family. In, I guess you could say it's inflamed by the sinister, unseen spiritual forces of Satan and his henchmen. So, today on Viewpoint, our special guest, Gary Thomas, with his brand new book, Making Your Marriage a Fortress. Now, I want to make it available to you. Uh, lest I should forget, because once Gary and I get talking, we keep talking. So uh, here's the book. It is a hardbound book, $28 hardbound book, yours for $24 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. If you're writing a check, Add $5 for postage and handling, and we'll get it in your hands. Making your marriage a fortress. Gary, when I think of that word fortress, I think of that song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and uh, indeed he is, but oftentimes when we're faced with the onslaught of things on the planet here, uh, it seems that the fortress disappears. 
It, it can feel that way. One of the couples <laughs> I interviewed, uh, I, I'd mentioned him in the previous section where he was diagnosed with MS. And being an athlete, he said, I had uh, nothing but two-word prayers, heal me, heal me, heal me, mm-hmm. heal me. And really, since the Lord eventually got through his mind, I'm, I'm going to heal you, but not of MS. There are worse things in your life that I'm going to use MS to take out. Wow. That uh, he could receive that was an amazing statement. And his wife, Stacy, told me she married Daryl because he was the life of a party. He's a great youth pastor, really strong, obviously, if you could bench press 400 pounds. If your listeners don't realize, an NFL lineman would be proud of that. Right. Um, and, and he just lit up the room. But 35 years later, after this diagnosis, she said to me, with just respect dripping from her voice, I don't know a more humble man on the planet right now. Mm. And so, so God used MS to heal maybe the pride and charisma and give us this very godly man who exudes the presence of Christ, encourages others. Um, so we don't always get the answer to prayer we want. We get an answer, not necessarily the one we're looking for, but it's God's best answer. Well, here's the problem. When uh, Daryl, as you said, uh, was diagnosed with MS, uh, that didn't just affect him. That affected his wife, Stacy. Because now she didn't get what she bargained for or what she thought she was bargaining for when they got married. Now she's got to say, what does till death do us part really mean? What does in sickness and in health really mean? Do my vows really mean anything? Yes. Mm. Yeah, and and even to this day, she said, and their devotion is so infectious. She sees the real love of Christ and the covenant love of God where... You stay in the marriage, like you said, for better, for worse, for richer, for sickness. And she, they have to leave parties at 8. Daryl just does better uh, when he can get to bed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, she married a strong guy that she thought could protect her and carry the groceries in. <laughs> she hasn't been able to do that for decades. Wow. She's the one that's doing the lifting. But here's where it's so inspirational, Chuck, when you put faith in these situations. Daryl told me, I mean, his MS has continued to advance, where now he's in a motorized chair, and and he can go up to the bed, and with his arms, he can lift his body up onto the bed, but he can't move his legs over. Mm -hmm. He has to have Stacy come and do that. And he said, Gary, sometimes when I was feeling bad, I'd just say, look, I'll just have Stacy do everything. This is ridiculous. But he said, but I'm convicted by God. I I can only do 20% of what I used to be able to do. I'm committed before God to do 100% of that 20%. And that's become a motto for me. Uh, I've been reading the works of Richard Baxter, uh, a famous Puritan. Right. Because he didn't back the right government, he was licensed from, wasn't allowed to preach and often jailed and whatnot. And that's why he wrote the book I'm reading. He said, well, they're not going to let me preach, so I'm going to write. And often if, if something gets taken away, we say, well, if I can't do everything, I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And Daryl challenged me, if God only lets me do 20% of what I used to do, I want to do 100% of that 20%. And for me, I've been able to use that in so many counseling situations and just in my own personal life. It's been powerful. Well, it reminds me of what Edmund Burke said back there in the 1700s in not-so-jolly-old England. He said, I can't do everything, 
but I can do something. What I can do, I should do, and by the grace of God, I will do. And that can be just as applicable in our marriages as it can in the world of politics that he was speaking to. Oh, absolutely. Um, we, we may not fix everything, but <laughs> we can vote, we can talk to our neighbors, we can do those things. And it's, it's just been encouraging to me to see how somebody that could be bitter has turned it to Thanksgiving. Um, Daryl said, look, I could be a cranky old dude because he was an athlete. That's mm-hmm. how he identified himself. Right. He goes, but I realized I, I don't want to be that. Instead, he said, MS gives me a chance to be thankful for my wife a hundred times a day because she has to do so much for me. So I, I think I'm a man who thanks his wife more than any other man and thanks God for his wife more than any other man. And again, the same disease that can turn somebody bitter, and I, I get it, has made him incredibly grateful and amazingly humble. Well, the scripture says God is a refuge in strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not I fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of sea, or whether I get MS or some other kind of hurricane that attacks my marriage? That's kind of the Chris Meyer paraphrase there at the end, but uh, <laughs> well, uh, and go ahead. T- taking that encouragement that we know God will be there, they found that God was true to His promises. Stacy, when it first happened, thought, "Oh, this is terrible. This is horrible." Thirty years later, she's at a dinner party with Daryl, and he's in his chair at this point. But there's good meals and laughter, and and just fellowship. And she felt the Lord saying to her, Stacy, this is exactly what you feared, but it's okay. You and Daryl are doing good. You've got good friends. Life is great. And she looked at me, and then she said, Gary, I think my fear of MS did more damage to my marriage than MS did. Wow. And, and she rules those years that she let fear rule it, because I, I believe fear is putting yourself in the future without the grace of God, without the provision, as if you were an atheist, and you've got to figure it out, and you've got to make it happen. And Stacy fell into that. I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to make sure nothing happened, you know, with our kids and everything, until she finally realized, we can't. This is bigger than us, but God will be there. God will see us through, and he has. All right, well, let's take a look at a few other uh, aspects here. Uh, there's no way that we can touch all of the uh, various permutations and combinations of hurricanes or hemicanes, if, if you think hurricanes are biased. Uh, <laughs> we, we can't possibly uh, cover all of them, but we can certainly uh, attack some of these things. And one of the things that uh, my wife and I experienced, whether you want to call it a... a uh, uh, tropical storm or whatever, but uh, in the first uh, seven years of our marriage, you know, I, I was in college when we got married. I was a junior going into my senior year. I had to work in the evening. Then, uh, not only that, but I began to put my wife through college. And then I was working full time and began law school. So I'm going to law school. Uh, and, you know, reading a briefing cases, reading a briefing cases, and going to school three nights a week, teaching full-time, coaching, putting my wife through college, and what do you think happened to our marriage? you think uh, it was all lovey-dovey and uh, sweet nothings? <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've heard this story, one, 
I feel sorry that you put yourself through that. It's a young man's game, but no, I, I've heard it. And there were several couples where, in one case, with one couples we talk, the couples we talk about, it did lead to an affair. With another couple, he was an eye surgeon, mm. and they actually made the right decisions. That the first child really threw him for a loop. They were kind of caught by surprise, but by child number two or three. They felt like they had it down where they were able to keep their marriage intact and even growing during a particular busy season. But you can probably relate to this, Chuck. He said, when you look at that first year of residency, every picture of me, I'm laying down on the couch sleeping with the baby on top of me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had no energy at home. Right. But his wife was done watching the baby, so she just dropped the baby on him and went about her day and, but, so, yeah, and so she's thinking why why isn't he attending to me i thought he married me well and and she did they they had those conversations she said you're giving us the leftovers uh-huh. and, and he made some very courageous decisions uh he now works three days a week is all uh-huh. and he works five minutes from home so he can come home from lunch wow and he said i know people think that's extreme he goes but if you could have the marriage we have if you could have the relationships with our kids that we have he would say it it was it's been more than worth it and i think it's a couple that gradually grew estranged where the wife had an affair he left on sunday night to go um be a salesman all over texas get back on friday and his wife felt like she was a single mom and she'd come back and she'd want him to do stuff and he'd say i'm tired i've been on the road all week and they just grew more and more estranged. And it was really sad how it led her toward an affair because she was living with this hostility and frustration with her husband. So when she saw a coworker and he was talking to her, she just loved talking to a guy, mm-hmm. which set her up that she missed it when he wasn't. So the story, in other words, the hurricane Kim came in on little cat feet. It, Very it quietly. Did, and it was, yeah. And, and it was amazing the way she said, you know, so. She accepted his flirtations, which before she would have said this is inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So she accepted his invitation to go to a bar together. And she accepted his kiss, which led then to a full affair at a hotel. Mm -hmm. But she told me, Chuck, there wasn't overwhelming lust. I never looked at him and said, oh, I've got to have him. I didn't fall in love with him. If you'd told me a year before that this guy, I'd be having an affair, I would have thought you were crazy. But letting their marriage live with such disconnect for so long made her susceptible to a little compromise. All right. So what are you saying? What are you saying then uh, to the many out there that are faced with exactly those circumstances uh, where they feel like uh, they're just not getting what they bargained for the marriage? The relationship doesn't seem to be happening. And... uh, they become susceptible susceptible to being drawn or seduced away. Yeah. The couples that made it were ruthless with outside challenges, uh, whether it was the schedule, whether it was other relationships. They realized if we let the world push us around, mm-hmm. it's going to pull us apart. And they said, we're not going to let that happen. So they chose to live in smaller houses. They, they found unconventional job schedules at times. But they said what matters most is that our marriage remains intact. They weren't willing to live 
with an emotionally disconnected marriage. Sometimes, Chuck, real life, if you've got to do it for six months in an emergency, maybe even a year, but if you continue to live that way, again, in a fallen world with Satan as a roaring lion prowling around, looking for someone to devour, we're playing his game, we're setting ourselves up. And what I found is if the marriage crumbles, that becomes our biggest problem. That's the bigger problem than our health. It's the bigger problem than our finances. It's the bigger problem than a parenting issue. That's what we have to guard against. All right. And we have to be careful. Uh, I mean, the scripture does say that we're not ignorant of uh, the enemy of our soul's devices. But sometimes it seems like we are ignorant of it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just naive and uh, thinking that somehow we can go on and go on and go on and go on and play pretend that everything's fine when it isn't fine. It's time for us to get a grip. It's time for us to seek the Lord with a whole heart with regard to our marriages, friends. Gary Thomas's book, Making Your Marriage a Fortress. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. I just can't tell you what a privilege it is, my friends, to be able to chat with you daily here for 27 and a half years, an hour live every single day. Confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective, but at the same time preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. And if Satan is attacking marriage the way he is, and he's attacked it politically, he's attacked it legally, he's attacking it relationally, he's attacking it uh, even oftentimes within our churches, removing the standards, the biblical standards, to try to make people feel better and basically bless their sin. This is a big deal. And we need to realize that if God thinks this highly of marriage, which he does, obviously, framing it from Genesis chapter 2 all the way into Revelation 22, we have to understand then that Satan is going to be after this triple time. Therefore, What we're doing here is not just protecting, seeking to protect your marriage in time, but it's also to protect you in eternity. This is a big deal. This is a very big deal. And we're talking about preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. Gary, uh, do you see it that way? Absolutely. You know, I I do believe there are literally heavenly rewards. When you look at Jesus in Luke 6, and he talks about loving somebody who's easy to love, he goes, what credit is that to you? Even the pagans pagans do that. Or you Mm -hmm. lend to someone for whom you expect to get something back. He goes, the unbelievers do that. And he goes, but God is known by this. He loves the ungrateful and the wicked. And 
says, if you love like that, great will be your reward in heaven. And too many people today, they're after earthly rewards. They want finances to come now. They want everything in their marriage to be fixed now. If they feel like they could have maybe made a better marriage choice, they're not willing to put up with it. But when you look at God's promises, that Hebrews says that to please God, we have to believe that he will reward those who obey him and follow him. We're, we're giving up, I believe, many heavenly rewards when our eyes are too set on this earth. As well as earthly rewards as when well. When it comes to marriage. Absolutely. There are. Yeah. So... Uh, it has been said that obedience, that, that faith is a long obedience in the same direction. So marriage requires that we live by faith, doesn't it? It does, um, because we don't always see the immediate answer we're hoping for. I think one of the strongest statements of faith from one of the couples I interviewed was Joe and Janelle, committed believers have led Bible studies or been part of Bible studies, had a real difficult time conceiving children, finally able to conceive one child. Um, Garrett died tragically just uh, a couple weeks before his 20th birthday. Mm. And so now they, they have lost, you know, imagine a mom hearing that. Every Mother's Day now, there's not going to be a child to recognize it. Every Christmas and Thanksgiving, she won't have a daughter-in-law. She won't become a grandmother. It was devastating, but she had hidden God's Word in her heart. And when she quoted to me a verse that really helped her get through, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Her face lit up. And she said, Gary, God didn't just call Garrett from something. He called Garrett to something. My Garrett, my son Garrett today is perfectly serving God in glory, in a glorified state. She goes, I talked to my girlfriends and... They've got concerns over their kids, or they've got issues with a daughter-in-law, or they're afraid one of their sons might not be following the Lord anymore. She goes, I wake up every day. I don't have a single fear or concern for Garrett. I know he's glorified, perfectly serving God. And Chuck, if you could have seen the joy that Mm. she was experiencing that her son is in his glorified state because she believes God's word is true, and it was lifting her up. Well, viewpoint determines destiny, and, and her viewpoint changed. It, it did. The, the Hebrews calls the Word of God living and active, and it was. So often mm. we can look at Bible study as this obligation that we just check off, but these couples found that they needed God's Word to sustain them, which is why mm-hmm. I, I love the, the title of your show, because Christian transformation begins with the mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. She could have fallen into despair She could have fallen into discouragement and focused into darkness. Instead, she lifted her eyes up to the truth of Scripture, and even facing a tremendous earthly loss, has joy and even happiness today, meditating on what her son is doing, even as we speak. All right, friends, we're talking with Gary Thomas. He's the author of a book called Sacred Marriage that came out years ago uh, that became a very, very bestseller. We... uh, met Gary through that book uh, those many years ago and uh, have offered it regularly here on this program. And now his latest book, Making Your Marriage a Fortress, Strengthening Your Marriage to Withstand Life's Storms. It's a $28 hardbound book that's just come out. It's yours for $24 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org, 
or you can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. We'll get it in your hands. Now, I, I want to say to you, as you, a lot of people, I think, when they hear a program concerning marriage and uh, relationships, they get in their minds that, well, if I, if I request that book, then somehow they're going to know that I have problems or they're going to think I have problems. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't want other people to think about that. I don't know. We don't think I don't even know who you are. I don't know who you are. And you don't see my face either. That Maybe that's why they said I had a face for radio. Uh, so you don't see my face. I don't see yours. But I see your heart. Uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, reaching out through these airwaves to touch yours. So please don't be embarrassed for things like that. No, we're here to help, to encourage, to strengthen, to build up, and uh, not to cause you to work, uh, fall into more fear and uh, and difficulty. Now, Gary, as you were chatting before the, the break, uh, two situations came to my mind. Uh, that my wife and I experienced over the years that were like massive uh, Ian-type hurricanes that roared into two families, two Christian families. And uh, both of these families were in Southern California, uh, where in two different churches where we had been involved. One, the uh, uh, assistant pastor inadvertently backed over their one- or two-year-old child. And killed him. He backed over their one or two year old child down the driveway and killed him. Now, I mean, you, you can comprehend to a certain extent the passion, the ethos that uh, comes from that, but for that couple, it was devastating. And you understand, you begin to think the husband who did that is just grief-stroking that he's the one through whom that happened. But then the wife, she begins to feel how she's been deprived by her husband, and so they get it gradually get into arguments, they get into disputes, and their marriage itself becomes attacked as a result. Yes. Have you experienced yes. that? Have you seen that? Yes. Well, with Joe and Janelle, the couple that lost their only child, one of the things that made marriage so difficult for Joe the first year is that Janelle looked so much like Garrett. The son looked so much like the mother. And he said, Janelle, every time I look into your face, I'm reminded of my loss. Mm. And so what, what that did with Janelle is it helped her have empathy for her husband. She didn't take it so personally. I understand how that's painful. I understand now why it's there. But I, I think Empathy is really the starting point for couples grieve in different ways. The first year for Joe and Janelle when they lost their child, Janelle said she was the one that fell apart, and she believed that it was 95% Joe holding their marriage together. Mm. The second year, Joe, who had your profession, he was a plaintiff lawyer. Ah. He had a case where he was working with just the dregs of the earth. These were awful, awful men, and Mm. Joe made a lot of money, but it corrupted his soul practically because they were just terrible people, and he started to fall apart. And that second year, Janelle said, now it was 75% me and 
25% Joe, um, what really helped them is having a community. The morning that Garrett died, Janelle just had to make one phone call, and the house was flooded with people from their church, cars going down the block. And then when Joe was really having a difficult time the second year, Janelle knew some men in the church that she could call. Y'all got to help him. He's falling apart. He needs you. Mm. And so I think when you get those situations like with that pastor that you're talking about, you need the body of Christ. When we isolate ourselves, Hebrews says, don't don't give up meeting together. Mm-hmm. Some are in the habit of doing We have right. to encourage one another. And in that marriage, it's just difficult when you're both grieving, but grieving in different ways, grieving different kinds of losses. That's where I think we need to find refuge and help in the church. That's, that's very important. And uh, we don't want to withdraw ourselves and move into isolation. Uh, we may feel like doing that at times, but we need not yield to that. Uh, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve. Even Jesus grieved. We know when he went to, uh, uh, to Lazarus's tomb, and the Bible says he groaned within himself. He was yeah. deeply grieved because Lazarus was his friend, and Mary and Martha were deep friends. Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in the Bible, and that's where it is. Jesus wept. There's nothing wrong with that. God made us to be emotional people. On the other hand, we cannot resolve all of these troubles with feelings. We've got to now come back from the feelings and recover and put our faith and our trust and our hope in the Lord. And that's where the Church can help us. And I think one of the things where we've made ourselves so vulnerable, allowing COVID to keep us from Church, thinking that online is just okay, you don't build relationships that way. People can't look into your face. You don't Mm -hmm. have the kind of oversight and just fellowship that you need to get through these times. So I would just say, some of the listeners have gotten a little bit lax in building community. The storm may be coming, and this could be God's call to you to take it more seriously. All right. To be engaged in your church. Let's pick up on that after the break. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Once again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're talking with Gary Thomas today, a longtime friend of this program and this ministry. Uh, he has such a heart for marriage. Gary, how many books have you written now concerning marriage? 
20 uh, some books at this uh, on on marriage I'm sorry six six but you've written 20 yeah. some books overall yes my goodness what do you think you are some sort of scrivener <laughs> this is what I love to do and expect nothing else anybody would pay me for so. well good for you uh, and I appreciate what you do uh, you are a great blessing uh, to the body of Christ uh, do you have a website I do, GaryThomas.com. Well, that's pretty simple, GaryThomas.com. Okay, GaryThomas.com. One of the other uh, catastrophic things that came to my mind was uh, a family where their young child fell in a swimming pool and drowned. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> the echoing consequences of that, uh, not only in their own marriage, but through the entire a church community in which they were involved. Uh, I remember it to this day, and that was like 50 years ago. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, that family ultimately fell apart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does, But it doesn't need to happen that way. What do you say no. to people that are caught in circumstances like that? The hurricane. Well, I would say when Janelle called all of her friends over after they lost Garrett, she grabbed the shoulders of a friend and said, look, I know the statistics. Seventy percent of marriages won't survive the death of a child. She goes, I've lost my only son. Please don't let me lose my marriage. And I think that wow. attitude, even though there was a lot of anger and frustration between her and Joe, it ultimately saw them through. Because you know what? The child you've lost doesn't want to see your marriage break up. There's going to be a reunion in heaven. Nobody wins when that happens, but as you said, I think you really hit on the two things. Process your grief, feel, I mean, the Bible is filled with laments, but then think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Apply those scriptures. Grow toward each other. In in Sacred Marriage, you mentioned that book, I talk about falling forward. I I was trying to jump a creek one time hiking and uh, up by Mount Rainier, and I remember my friend, who is more experienced than I, because we weren't sure we'd get across. He said, just make sure you fall forward so that if you go down, it's toward the shore and not toward the middle of the river where you could be swept down. And I, I think that has to be the attitude of every married couple facing their hurricane. Mm. We're going to fall forward. We're going to keep falling toward each other. However we do that, that's got to be our focus. You cover so many different things in your book, and all of them through uh, relational accounts of various uh, different people. Uh, money oftentimes is a big deal. Uh, yeah. You know, we've just gone through a period here where uh, the lottery increased to record limits up to t- yes. toward $2 billion. Yeah. Uh, I heard tell somebody won. Uh, but not everybody wins the lottery. Some people probably went out and invested a hundred thousand dollars in tickets for the to win a billion two billion dollars, uh, and and that's going to cost your marriage. Uh, but I don't think a lot of people realize it's going to cost their marriage. They have such a they have a long term vision that somehow they're going to be the one out of the three hundred million people that have bought these tickets uh, that they're going to be the one to get it. Uh, help us with this matter of money. (laughs) And I'm going to sound just like the conservative pastor I am, but I call the lottery a tax on ignorance. (laughs) If you understand math, if you bought a thousand tickets 
your odds of winning weren't any better than somebody who won, bought one. And somebody would say, well, a thousand times better. Well, a thousand times zero is zero. Um, it, it's just your, your chances of winning are so minuscule that you can buy a thousand tickets and the odds are just so minuscule as to be almost non-existent. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the thing that I, what, what, again, my frustration with the lottery is that I hear people say, well, if we could win, we'll do this. And yeah. I think it might actually happen. And so the spiritual discontent that follows, mm-hmm. they flirt with what it would be like to be wealthy and to have all the debt paid off. And, the and they're lured into it for the next time. Well, the next time is going to be my lucky time. Yeah. Instead yeah. of being grateful for what we have mm. today. Okay. And, and I think, you know, <laughs> Ecclesiastes talks about that so well. None of us will ever have the wealth that Solomon had. Not even Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates. Mm. And and Solomon says, you won't ever be able to afford what I afford, but it's not going to be enough if you don't enjoy what God has given you today. There's really two different approaches to life. Be obsessed with earning more for tomorrow or enjoying what you already have today. And I think the book of Ecclesiastes teaches that those are two contradictory pursuits. There were two couples that I interviewed that had financial issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both of them, the difficulty in their marriage was that only one of the spouses realized how bad it was getting. And so in the case of one couple... When the husband found out they owed more than they earned in an entire year, that became a real issue. <laughs> You're and kidding. <laughs> well, it was probably undisclosed to the other party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but he said, well, she was an accountant. I just thought she would know. But that's where I say to couples, and, and, and Chuck, look, I'm in a family where I try to bring in, I bring in all the income, but Lisa does manage it because mm-hmm. she she's good at that, but. We still have our quarterly meetings where I know where we're at with our savings, although mm-hmm. I don't want to the last year because it's depressing how they're going down. But, um, Wait a minute. Not, are yeah. you saying that the existing administration politically is uh, causing disaster in your finances? Well, I'm saying uh, millions of voters <laughs> voted for the disaster <laughs> to continue, um, which is more amazing to me. Yeah, okay. But I, I would say to couples that you, you've got to talk about it. Do it together. And what happened is facing this debt together um, actually became a bonding experience. They had to process their anger. Um, and, you know, we talk about that some. What does it mean? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. But once they worked through that, making the commitment, it's like two teammates going toward a goal, trying to win the city championship. The day that they paid off their debts and celebrated by going to a steakhouse, and they, they were at a high point of their marriage when four years before they'd been at a low point. So even self-created hurricanes, where we've opened up the door and invited it in, still when we face them with faith and we face them together, can help us grow in our marriages and have a better marriage accordingly. Two of the most vulnerable uh, areas of employment uh, that result in in divorces are military and law enforcement. Military yeah. and law enforcement. And, uh, you know, we have so many reports now, not only of military committing suicide, but it may be that marital breakdown is part of the reason for it. Part of the reason. Yeah. But 
when people are separated through deployment for months on end or a year on end, uh, that creates a, a unique problem. What do you say to a spouse that's left at home? Yeah. Uh, I got to talk a lot for that with Baron Miller, who is a, a, a chaplain. He had been a Marine. He's now a chaplain, just with golden information, because he's helped couples through this. And it, it's just devastating what it can do. Um, living apart. But he said something that really challenged me. He said, you're not any less married when you're apart than you are together. Mm. So I gave an account one time where um, he, this was a recruiting trip. He was with a couple other chaplains. And so they're away and they're going out three or four nights uh, in a row, just out to dinners and everything. And and his wife is saying, hey, we're, we're home alone. And he said, look, Gary, I would I would never go out three or four nights in a row and leave my wife at home. And if I'm not reserving time to call in and check with my wife and and see what's going on, I'm not being true to my marriage. There you go. What he's found is that if you're not intentionally growing together during deployment, or if you're an airline pilot or a salesman on the road a lot, Mm -hmm. you're starting to prepare yourself to be content living apart. And that's what gives the gateway to, yeah. to so many divorces. Right. And I'm so grateful to those who offer our service for our country. I've worked a lot with the, some of the special ops people at Fort Bragg, which I got to tell you, Chuck, a guy in my build, those guys, those are men. <laughs> I mean, they, could, they could kill me with their bare hands in 30 seconds mm. and of my body in about 90. But um, just that the the care that they keep their marriages going as they're serving our country mm-hmm. we don't want it to come at the loss of their marriage which is why i was just so grateful to talk with this couple with many practical ideas about how we've helped military couples come out stronger even when to defend our country they have to live so many days apart well that's going to be very important what a testimony that is uh, we're, we're just about ready to wrap up, and your last chapter is called Going Forward, Fortifying Your Marriage with a Deeper Spiritual Connection. And I want to give a very practical testimony here. Uh, for many, many years, we've been married 56 and a half years now, and have been walking with the Lord all that time. But the first half of our marriage, uh, for some reason, I had this idea that, that uh, you know, my time with the Lord was personal. So I didn't spend time with my wife with the Lord. Mm. Now, we went to church. We, we we had those things. We shared those things. But the Lord spoke to my heart uh, about halfway through our marriage. This was not good. And so I went to my wife, Kathy, and I said, look, from now on, I want to make a pact with you that we're going to get up in the morning. We're going to get up early. And uh, I'm going to fix the coffee ahead of time at night, so there's not going to be anything that's going to distract us. And we're going to get up early, and we're going to spend quality time reading and discussing the Word together for however long, whether it's a half an hour or an hour, whatever. And we're going to pray together. This is going to be quality relational time between us and the Lord. We're going to triangulate with the Lord during that time. You know what? We've been doing it ever since, and even when we've been separated for times, I'm, by separated I mean we haven't been in the same home at the same time. Maybe I was uh, on a trip or something. I call her, and we do exactly the same thing via our cell phones. Mm. 
Do you know what my wife says? She says that is the most important thing we have ever, ever done. And she feels that it has bound us together, not only us together in a married couple, but together with the Lord. And uh, we have purpose to do that for the rest of our lives. I dare say there haven't been six times in all of the past 25 years that we have not done that. That's such a beautiful testimony. I think if listeners, if they've forgotten everything we've said this hour, if they would just do that, it's the first step in making your marriage a fortress. The power of God's Word, shared intimacy, praying together, uh, that, that really is the, the summary of everything we've talked about. Well, Gary, you're such a, a good brother and friend. I give you a holy hug here over the airwaves uh, because we truly are in this together, encouraging one another, using God's gifts through each one of us to advance the cause of his kingdom and to encourage and bless others. Friends, the book, Making Your Marriage a Fortress. It's a hardbound book. Uh, uh, yours, uh, It's a $28 book, by the way, yours for $24 on our website, saveus.org saveus.org give us a call 1-800-SAVE-USA 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries P.O. Box 70879 Richmond, Virginia 23255 writing a check at $5 for postage and handling we're strengthening your marriage to withstand life's storms including hurricanes including hurricanes my friends Gary give a hug to your wife a big thank you to you uh, be a blessing there in Colorado in your new digs there. And don't let uh, the, uh, the the liberal spirit there overtake you. <laughs> Remember, keep chance. on climbing the mountain. <laughs> All right. Keep, keep up the fight, Jack. Keep All right, brother. You thank you so All much. Right. Goodbye. Friends, become a partner with us. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Go to the website, saveus.org. Make your generous gift that way. We're serious about this, friends, if you hadn't realized that yet. Nobody here receives any funds from Save America Ministries. Nobody. It all goes to advancing the kingdom of God and getting this message out. Help us along the way. God bless and make your marriage a fortress. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.